you want to be number one, I'm sorry, boy, that's been done. But if you got the itches for a sack of riches, don't matter how avaricious, I'm the man that could grant your wishes. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day with a not-so-stereotypical Millennials. We'll be talking everything from the 90s and today, I think, is today what today's episode is going to be. So we're going to go back 25 years to our 1996 uh, summer movie wager that we recorded a few weeks ago and give you the results. Yeah, we're going to have the results. And then uh, we're going to talk some Loki. So we're uh, three, four episodes in at the time of this recording, so we're going to get that uh, discussion out there as well. Um, before we do that, though, uh, this week I'm joined by Michael R. Power, Ian Walter. Gentlemen, um, let's yeah, let's let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. We got okay. lots to talk about. So um, Mike has compiled the results. We uh, myself, Mike and Ian uh, ranked the summer movies of 1996 from the long weekend of May in North America to the long weekend of September in North America. And what a crazy summer it was. Sausage it was crazy, movies. right? Yeah. So many, so many action movies, I think was one thing. And, uh, and uh, a couple of uh, surprising picks, I guess we can go through. So Mike, Mike compiled the results and did the tally. Mm. So Mike has the results. I, I don't, I don't know them. Ian. I don't know if you, you know the results of how we did or not, but, uh, no. but there we go. So Mike, Mike's, Got the power in his hands. I have the, the results. Race, Do you want me to? Number one, right? Yeah. Do yeah, you yeah, want yeah. Me to... It was actually off the charts. It did so well <laughs> that it was a pass number one. <laughs> it revitalized Arnold's career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Do you want me to quickly rattle off what our lists were, like super fast? Let's do that. And then what okay. we'll do is we'll see what Rich thinks about our list, and then we'll okay. get to the results. So uh, the goal is to rank the performance of all the movies from one to 10 by box office dollars. Uh, you get 10 points if you get it perfectly correct. So if you get the number two, spot number two, you get 10 points. If you're one spot off, you get seven points. And if you're two spots off, you get five. If you're three spots off, you get three. And if it's a wild card and it's in the top 10, you get one point. And if you nail number one or number 10, it's worth 13 points. So that's how the scoring works. So my list went like this. Number one, Independence Day. Number two, Mission Impossible. Three, Nutty Professor. Four, The Rock. Five, Tin Cup. Six, Striptease. Seven, A Time to Kill. Eight, Eraser. Nine, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ten, Dragonheart. And wild cards were Cable Guy, Harriet the Spy, and The Phantom. Uh, Dave's list was Independence Day, Mission Impossible, The Rock, The Nutty Professor, Striptease, A Time to Kill, Dragonheart, Eraser, Cable Guy, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Multiplicity, as a wild card, Escape from LA as a wild card, and Kingpin as a wild card. And I think Dave's got this actually. Now that I think <laughs> I'm not going to reveal any spoilers, uh, but Ian's list was Independence Day, so that's the theme. Uh, Eraser, The Rock, Mission Impossible, The Nutty Professor. So a lot of us had those in their top five. Uh, Multiplicity at number six. The Fan at number seven. Tin Cup at number eight. Dragonheart at number nine and the phantom at number 10 with chain reaction strip tease and first kid as his wild cards all right so i have scored, have gone scored with our three lists should have gone with rich what do you what do you think uh 
What do you think out of, out of all those? Because because there's a lot that are shared, at least, especially in like the top five or whatever. What do you what do you think? You think we're gonna like be close? I don't know. I think we're I think we're gonna be tight, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be very close. I think anyone that has the rock in the top three will be the the winner. <laughs> That's my mm. favorite. So. Dave and Ian both had rock at number three. At number three? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. the best way to do this, looking at the results, is yeah. to start at the top because I think the top is most predictable and the bottom is most unpredictable. I think the right. bottom five movies is where it se- really separates us. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, have at it, Mike. Let's so, go. the very first movie, the movie that came number one that summer. Uh, oh, by the way, the list is adjusted to go from the May long weekend to the summer long weekend. So, it doesn't include Twister because right. technically that came out, even though Twister did make the top 10. We did not include that in our rankings it was like early may i think or something it, yeah and it would have been up there it was like in the top three but right the first right. movie in the summer of 1996 that topped the box office was no surprise independence day we all picked that right. so we, we all got 13 points uh the next the next movie the second movie was mission impossible Woo! <laughs> mission yeah. impossible me and dave both nailed it it got 10 yeah. points ian nice. had it at four okay that's that's close yeah and number three, The Rock. Dave yeah. nailed that one. So Dave has all three in the right <laughs> spot. The first three. I just, something about The Rock, like Rich said, something about The Rock was like, that was like what everyone was talking about. I don't know. Listen, yeah. you, got, you got Nick Cage in his prime. Yeah. You got good old Sean Connery. And then Ed Harris is the bad guy. What more can you want? It's it's so true. All right? directed by Michael Bay. And all and yes. it's, my, <laughs> it's a bigger hit than I remember. I thought it was more of a cult classic. I had such it a four, great movie. But yeah, it, it is really it is good what for, a all, smash. for all the crazy craziness that it is. It is good. Yeah. I so think... Ian and uh, Dave nailed that. I was one off. I had it at four. At four. So, okay. So number four is the Nutty Professor, which yeah. again Dave nailed. <laughs> he had it at four. He's got the top four perfect. I was one off. I had it at three. And Ian was one off. He had it at five. So Dave okay, has so, the highest score you could possibly get at this point in the game. He has nailed the top four movies. All right. Pretty impressive. That's luck, man. It's all luck. Yeah. I'd like to give myself some skill points, but I don't have them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Next is a movie, though. This is where you know me and Ian start to to get some points because it's a movie that's not on Dave's list, and that's a Time to Kill, number five. Oh no, I got oh, I have it. It's on Dave. I have it oh, at it's six. on Dave's. Oh. So he's still crushing it. So he's still crushing it. Okay. <laughs> Ian didn't have it on his list. <laughs> I beat the race. So I had it at seven. You've been, you've been, been erased by John Grisham. <laughs> so yeah, Mike, did, sorry. Did you have it right at five? No, I had it at seven. So you actually got more points uh at six. Than me for that one. Yeah. That yeah. was like that was like the parents movie of the year. Like that's yeah. that's what everyone's parents wanted to see and saw, from what I remember. That's why yeah. I put it up there. It so was the time, ad, the adult movie. So time to go. Sorry, Dave, you did have on the list. I'm sorry, you did get seven points for that. I was looking at Ian's list for a second. Uh, and number number six that year was a movie that actually none of us had on our list, Ooh. and that's Phenomenon. Do you remember that movie? Oh, I think it yeah. was Val Kilmer. Yeah, I think yeah. Is that who it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was it uh, John Travolta? Oh, I think it was Travolta. I think you're right. That wasn't the right. uh, Muppet song? <laughs> <laughs> Something like a phenomenon, huh? Oh, yeah, I do remember that movie. It was It was like, um, was, it, was he an angel or something? Am I, am I, is that what I'm remembering? I don't know if that's right. 
don't know. That, that was Michael, I think. But anyways. That was Michael, yeah. Oh. All right, so Phenomenon, right. none of us had. Uh, and then okay. number uh, seven, here's where Eraser <laughs> appears in the list. So Ian okay. gets three points for putting that second. Uh, Dave and I both had it eight, so we were only one off. So we actually got a decent amount of points for that. Okay, nice. Um, number eight was Hunchback. Wow, uh, Dave eight. and I had that in our list. Mm. Um, you probably got more, right? Because you had, I think I had it at yeah, 10. I was one off. You had it yeah. at 10. Uh, number nine was Cable Guy. Dave nailed what? that one. No yeah. way. I actually yeah. got that. Oh, oh you crushed. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, did, I had that as a wild card. Holy, no kidding. And then number 10 is a movie that none of us had on our list Courage Under Fire. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know why I didn't put that anywhere. Wow. So, so okay. So Dragonheart wasn't on there and neither was Striptease. Yeah. So Dragonheart, which appears in all of our lists in the top 10 was not on there. Striptease. We all had it uh, somewhere. Ian had it as a wild card. Wasn't on the top 10. Wow. And Tin Cup. Actually, I had quite high at number five and Ian also had it on his list. And that did, that wasn't in the top 10 either. Yeah. I had Striptease at five and Dragonheart at seven. So, like, I thought those for sure were on there. Jeez. Yeah, no Mr. Mom, no Fan 590. No. Yeah. So, so, I think people <laughs> can uh, guess by now by by the results. But Dave, Dave crushed it. He got 72 points. Yeah. Uh, I came second with 57, and Ian oh. came third with 38. Nice. And it's funny when we recorded, Ian, because when, you, you, when we got to the top five, I remember you saying... I'm not sure about the five I just did, but this top five, they all better be on the list. <laughs> and you actually, all your top five were on the list, but sure. none of your bottom five made the top 10. Oh, none? Because oh, you had Multiplicity, The Fan, Tin Cup, Dragonheart, and The Phantom, and none of them, none of them <laughs> appeared in the top 10. Did, like, did, Dragonheart was 11th, I think. If it I was 11? Okay, yeah, it was yeah. Like really close. Yeah, Because and, your own demographic, like the age you were, the movies you were seeing, that like kind of forms your bias, right, when you think about that stuff? Sure like, it does, I yeah. Was, I was talking about The Phantom and all these movies that I remember seeing in that year, but, you know. And The Phantom is like, I, I remember, because when I was editing the, the episode and everything, I'm watching the trailers for these movies and stuff, I'm like, oh my god, this trailer is horrendous. Yeah, <laughs> I don't and remember I the movie being amazing or, or even really terrible. I don't really remember it that much, but maybe no, that's think. saying something. <laughs> but also, yeah, I went against my better judgment. I was gonna put Mission Impossible second, but then I, I, something told me like, oh, it didn't start making money until the sequel. So I, I well, put it I think, a little further. But down. I think Independence Day was like so far ahead of everybody else. I, I think I could be wrong, but. Um, uh, actually really hard to do when you do zero research like it's impressive that dave actually uh, nailed perfectly one two three four five four. and he had two that was only one off so yeah, it's called google mike <laughs> no, no, no man no cheating. no cheating man i went i the host had to put the list together <laughs> I, I with. Yeah. yeah that's it can i, I say I, three things sorry yeah. i just want to say three things okay you can say so, 96 things i want to make three want. statements multiplicity <laughs> great movie thanks yes. for putting it on your list ian and dave i guess that was on your list uh amazing movie i love that movie with michael keaton it was just yeah. super great it was so fun um number two i'm surprised the frighteners wasn't on there because that was oh, a yeah. super cool movie for its love time i think uh, peter jackson that. the director and uh, peter jackson's version of ghostbusters yeah no it was yeah. great it was really neat it was kind of scary at the time too when you're a kid growing up right but uh you watch it now it's kind of funny but um and my third comment is the cable guy the director is ben stiller which is very surprising 
Oh yeah. What? I didn't even realize that. I was like, I was looking at some of the stuff on IMDb here, and I was like, Ben Stiller, seriously, he directed this like 25 years ago, and yeah, he directed this movie. Yeah. No way. I did not know that at all. Yeah, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. So the only thing I have to add is, if you put Twister in there, actually, it, it's number two. So Twister did really well. I, I think oh. we, we, the list we were looking at didn't include right. it. But it was number two, yeah. and Cable Guy was number ten uh, in, yeah. the, in your actual list. But yeah, for because yeah, we're limited to movies that were released in that window, right? Yeah, because yeah, it was released May tenth, so it just it just okay. so our, we just we cut it off by a couple weeks, kind of and thing. But otherwise, yeah. If, if our listeners remember, we had uh, you know Michael R. Power was the reigning champion, made us watch uh, Big Trouble Little China. Mm-hmm. as our penalty which is not the worst penalty in the world and that's no, really not <laughs> now i guess we got dave so you should probably just after we have our discussion of 96 we'll just pick one from 96 that we should all watch i'm i'm gonna pick something from 96 and um let me just uh let me just double check one thing because i did choose it just in case it's actually funny to look down yeah. at the list like if we were close on some of them, like Dragonheart was 12th, well, 11th in our list. Yeah. Uh, after Dragonheart was a movie not even on our list, Jack. Remember that movie, Jack? Wow. Yeah. I almost put that in a... Yeah, I almost put that in a Dark Horse thing, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that movie. I used to love that movie a lot. Like, we watched that a lot when I was younger. Well, and, speaking of Ben Stiller, you don't go full, you know. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for... You don't know Jack. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then Tin Cup was uh, 14, so it was pretty close, okay. 13. Yeah. Uh, and then Matilda, and then Strip Tease all the way down at 16, so it actually didn't really? do very well. Yeah, Matilda did better than it? Jesus. Yeah. I guess kids' so, movie. Matilda's little kids' movie, I guess. We were, we were way off with that. Multiplicity all the way down 25th. Wow. And The yeah. Fan 29th, and The Phantom 30th. Uh, Frighteners 32nd. So yeah, like uh, a lot of good movies that didn't make a lot of money but you know obviously we love them obviously they found their audience um later wow there's a movie called toy story that came 40 49 no no what? re-release re-release oh re-release okay <laughs> like, i thought it was a different toy, toy story, story? I was like, what? It's like the first movie you know the first like digital animated movie that was a smash so i'm sure they brought it out the next summer the next year yeah or maybe it was yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was or, still or it was still out because yeah. that happened. That's man. just that much it made well. in the summer. Yeah, yeah, movies that did well really stretched out and stuff. So okay, so my choice for a 1996 movie—that's exactly where I went with this—is um, a classic that I think we can all watch on streaming right now, which is which is good, so we don't have to go and spend um, five bucks on, on a movie like this. But uh, boys, we're gonna watch Shack. And we're gonna watch Woo. him as a genie. <laughs> we're gonna oh, watch Kazam, baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I wasn't involved in this one. <laughs> Hang on, I'm contagious, outrageous, spontaneous. You can't contain this. I am Kazam. Well, I'm really happy for you. Where do you think you're going? Make your three wishes and I'm out of your face. Back in my box and out of this place. Listen, Mr. Psychopathic Dork in the basement. I don't think you're ordering anybody. You realize who I am? I'm your genie! In that case, I wish I was as big as you, but not so stupid! That's not a wish! That's an insult! As if I just checked my list to see if it was going to be on there, I was like, nah. Well, we're watching Kazam! <laughs> we're watching the movie that came 28th that summer. 28! Okay! Okay. So it beat the Phantom, so it has to be good. <laughs> yeah, beat the Phantom. <laughs> so as far as I can tell, 
I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus, at least here in Canada. So I think we can watch it. Um, if it's difficult to watch, we can we can figure something out or we can watch something else. But right now, that's my choice. That's what I want us to watch. <laughs> and then we can just we can have a fun time not having a fun time watching it. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a night of drinking for back in my day. <laughs> I think so, man. I think <laughs> so. That's exactly it. And see what happens. Yeah, yeah. We can see because I think if it's on Disney Plus, most of their movies you can do a watch along with too. So we could try that out if it's on there, which would be kind of fun. So um, that is. That's it. That's it. That's fine, man. Amazing. That's crazy. I can't believe, I can't believe some of those movies didn't make it. Something like Striptease wasn't even close. The fact that Dragonheart wasn't on there at all is surprising, even though it was close. Um, well, the choice yeah. to to look at that year in general. I mean, it's just insane how many blockbusters there were in, in that year. Yeah, it's, you it's guys insanity. know the movie Courage Under Fire because it came yes. tenth, and I was I had never even heard of it. Yeah, I mean, I've I heard seen the title, it. but I've. Okay. I've seen it, but it's been years. It's been that years. was the biggest surprise to me. I was like, and it yeah. beat it beat all these other movies like Striptease and Dragonheart and Jack and Tin Cup, and that's just it was not on my radar at all. Yeah, it's um, oh man, uh, Denzel's in it, right? I think. Yeah. 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 I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's sort of like um, army officer. I think it's makes, like a, a deadly say, mistake. Yeah. Is it one of the totally <laughs> oh, one of those? He's got five of them, Tony Scott, with Denzel in it. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to check. Kazam is on Disney Plus, boys. Awesome. And nice. and you can do a group watch. And you can do a group Ooh, watch. Oh, we'll first nice. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm adding it to my list right now as we speak. So there we go. Awesome. Oh, my God, Shaq looks so tiny in it. Just in the <laughs> screenshot. It looks like he... He weighs 200 pounds instead of 350 or whatever he is now. That's crazy. Okay, so that's our results. That's good, Mike. Thanks for putting it all together, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that was sick. And by the way, stuff. Courage Under Fire was directed by Edward Swick, not Tony Scott. Oh, okay. Um, so that is our 1996, 25 years back to the summer movie wager. That will be our, our 2021 version. And uh, hopefully next year we'll be able to do a real one. I think that's where signs are pointing, which is great. Um, until that time, we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to talk about Loki. Uh, as of this recording, the fourth episode was just released. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about what we think about what's going on so far and where it's going to be in the last couple of episodes. We'll take a quick break and uh, talk Loki. Welcome back, everybody. Um, it's time to talk some more Marvel because, of course, it is. If there's no Star Wars to talk about, we're going to have Ian's shirt with all the Marvel characters on it lead the way. So, um, so like I mentioned before, we're four episodes in to Loki. I personally have only seen three right now. Uh, couldn't quite squeeze it in today before we hit record, but um, the three of you guys have seen it. So I'm going to give my quick thoughts so far of how, how I see the series going and if, if I'm enjoying it or not. Um, I think we talked about it briefly when the first episode came out. Did we talk about it? I think so, right? First episode, yeah. So it's been two since then. And um, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think like the uniqueness of the way that WandaVision was set up uh, was great. You know, I think all, we all talked about how those first two to three episodes especially felt like something completely new and really set things up. But then to me... 
it went from like up there and then just started slowly not going down in quality necessarily, but I didn't find it as inventive as the show went on. Whereas I think Loki is doing that most of the way and sure there's less episodes. So there is less time for them to do that. So they don't need to worry about stretching things out as much, but I find the inventiveness around the idea of just the TVA and how it looks and the characters and how they're involved in it. Um, to me, unless they really don't stick the landing, I still think this will probably be my favorite out of the Disney plus shows that are out. Um, the, like I said, when we were talking about the first episode, if, if I don't know, you can make fun of, of uh, Owen Wilson as much as you want, but just throw him in with that kind of personality that he has and that character that he is. And man, I'll watch that shit all day. It's great. <laughs> like, I, I just, I love the way he plays that type of character. I just, I think he, he steals the scenes every time he's in it, but, uh, but you know, him and, and Loki going sort of quote unquote going at it when they're sort of quipping back and forth is great. Their, their chemistry is fantastic. Um, the, both the characters and the actors. And I think that really goes a long way. And then in the third episode, when, I mean, really the second episode, when you get the third episode and you get uh, Lady Loki, as, you, as we could call her. Um, Which you predicted. What, what, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You did. That's right. You said there's going to be a female Loki and it's going to be, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I think she's cool. I think she's really cool. And I think the third episode was uh, a showcase of the two of them um, sort of, testing their wits against each other and probably tricking each other without us really knowing. Maybe that's what happened in the fourth episode. But I don't know. But uh, overall, I really, really like it. Overall, I think it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a little bit snarky. It's a little bit smart. Um, and, and I just like the setting. You know, the TVA looks like it's from the 50s or something, but really it takes place in this really cool, futuristic timeline, I guess you could call it almost in its own unique yeah. timeline. So uh, yeah. So for the first three episodes for me, I think this is, this show's great. And I think it's probably going to be my favorite one out of, out of the three, unless something drastic happens in the next three episodes that I really dislike. So that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at without any spoilers to, about it. It's uh, that's where I'm at with it. And I'm, I'm really liking it. So. And it, where would you see it going? Maybe. I, it's tricky because I don't know this. I don't really know like the background of the story a ton. Not that you really need to, like, it's cool to just sort of find things out. Like even the whole WandaVision stuff, I didn't know a lot about. Um, but, uh, but I think, I think the third episode is sort of a character episode. They take a break to sort of just spend time with those two characters. You get to know one and get to know the other a lot more too. Um, I think they were tricking each other for 45 minutes and, I think that's going to show, I think they're, it's going to look like they're butting heads against each other, but I think they're actually going to work together. And in some way, I, I think they both want the TVA to fall, but I think something or someone else is going to make that happen that works within the TVA. And then they're going to realize that they need it. Like the two Lokis, if you want to call them that, are going to realize that they need it. And then it's going to cause a bunch of splinters that are going to go off into the other movies or other series. 
Um, something like that. Something like that. Uh, well, Dave, I don't. I don't think you need to watch the other three episodes. Then I think you're done. I think I got yeah, it. You, you already uh, signed <laughs> well, and delivered. And that's right. Neither do you. So because I got it. So. <laughs> you got it. Okay, I'm done. Um, yeah, I think that's. I don't know. Something like that. I, I don't know that it's it's a set way that it's going to happen or anything. But I, I, which I think is good. I think it's interesting that there's a literally a bunch of different timelines and ways that it can go. So I think that's where I, I sit with it. And I and I just I really like. The characters in it honestly is what it is and to me this is much more of a character show than any of the other yeah. ones were I, I agree i think so. it's a character study of loki essentially and all of his forms and even in the comics and everything like it's it really dives deep on the you know well tom hiddleston's loki but then just loki as a character in general exactly and what it means to be the i mean i love i love how a bunch of times they're poking the fun poking fun at he's the the god of mischiefs like what is what even is that you know like they're really sort of yeah. poking holes in something that you just kind of say oh yeah he's the god of this or yeah he he can do this or he can do that and they're just like what you can do fireworks are you for god like, of hammers yeah like who are you what do you mean you're god of what what are you talking about um you're smart yeah but so am i you know it's just the I, I like that they're that they have fun with that um and the character doesn't like just all of a sudden get mad and then oh now it's a fight it's now it, it turns into a, a, a scene of, of wits back and forth kind of thing about, about that. So I like that. Um, okay. So that's my long ramble of what I feel like so far. Um, I have not seen the fourth. You guys can talk spoilers all you want. I will turn my microphone and my off and my headphones pop them out of my ear. And you guys can talk all you'd like about uh, episode four of Loki. So I will leave the floor to you guys. Enjoy. Sweet. Thanks, big guy. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we start with Rich since we haven't heard any of Rich's opinions so far. So, Rich, you're four episodes in, uh, right? You're four episodes in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. So, what do you think of it? What do you think of it so far? First four episodes. Uh, well, it's not bad. I mean, uh, <laughs> don't mean to bash Dave. I think I I think it's because it's a Disney Plus uh, feature. Um, it really kind of shows that Disney um, feel to it. It does sort of feel, which is kind of nice. Like those Avengers type of movies, like just the, the, like the way that the videos are shot and everything else and the cameras and stuff. Um, it's a little light uh, in terms of, I guess it's like a PG 13 type of show. So it's not super dark. Um, so there's, there's that aspect to it. I do like, I was going to mention about uh, Dave's uh, comment on Owen Wilson. I think he kind of brings a little bit of a, a comedy to the show a little bit um i like his character i think he sort of uh is uh kind of replaying his role from wedding crashers as the uh marriage um counselor uh mediator uh <laughs> type of person in there i think it's it was very, well casted yeah it's very similar to that kind of role the way that he's playing the like against loki in a way and now they're kind of buddies and stuff and you know speaking of the fourth one and now he's gone and then you know loki's gone <laughs> at the very end there so did you stay around for the post credits because maybe they're not gone well i i'm not saying they're gone but they're they're not there in that timeline anymore so we'll, that we'll was a crazy scene they, yeah yeah that's, to be that's honest that's the other thing is the the post credits uh it's extremely long. I think it's like isn't it like three, four minutes after of the show ends before you get yeah yeah. So I, I kind of like oh, okay, here we go again. So I just exited to be honest, but <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe I should have stuck around a little bit and watched that secret sauce at the end there. Yeah, but, go check that. You know. <laughs> I will, it is a scene. Uh, it's very short, but it, yeah, it, I bet not. It's not his story's not over yet. 
but overall it was it's pretty well done i mean the graphics are good the acting's you know quite well done um the female loki part of it is pretty interesting and to be honest on the fourth episode i was like (laughs) when i was watching i'm like it's going to be interesting to see if these guys get together. I wanted them to get together because I wanted to see how messed up that would be because technically yeah. they're the same person and he's so vain that he would literally fuck himself. And, um, it's perfect. I, I, I would like, yeah. And you know what? Like, imagine they had a baby. Like, what would that be like? <laughs> like, no. could that, could that happen? Crossing timelines. Yeah. Uh, could, could that yeah. happen? Like having a child with yourself. And then what would that show? Well, if there was Double a person Loki? who could do it, it's Loki. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that would be interesting. Let's let's. let's and they comment on the show. Owen Wilson says like how messed up that is. You fall in love with yourself, like. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, that's funny. They do comment on that. Yeah, so um, that was interesting. All right. Cool. Yeah. You're liking so it. it like you're, you're liking it, but not as much it. as. I'll, I'll watch episode five. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> me too. That's- that's a win then they got you. that is a win they got me um all right no, so I mean, now ian and i the marvel yeah. nerds are gonna geek out a bit i think uh what did you yeah. think of the let's just start let's just go uh like one to four like where we are now what do you think of yeah the ride for sure since we talked i'm having last? a blast and i've been itching to talk about this since the first episode because i went back rewatched it especially watching the first two episodes kind of seeing what you were saying before about how the tva is most likely the uh you know, the, the thing that needs to be taken down there, like an unnatural entity, this, this kind of thing. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yes, I believe, like, I agree with that. But I also think there's an angle to it where it makes sense and still makes sense within the established MCU. And I think that's, I kind of see where it could be heading. And it's kind of dangerous territory because you're the same situation with WandaVision, you, you know, with your knowledge of the comics, you're like conspiracy theories, you're your uh, desires of where you'd like it to go based on the comics is not necessarily what they have in mind. They're probably more tailored to like a focused individual story, but you know, you can't help but wonder. And I'm wondering, you know, we, we were wrong about WandaVision. Maybe we could be right this time around. Like you can't, I'm not going to let it impact the way I view or judge the show, but I still have that little piece of me that wants to see something really crazy happen. Yeah. I hate when people uh, have theories and then, when the show doesn't do what their theory is, they dislike the show. Like that makes yeah. sense, right? Like do think, you want a show to be predictable? Like, no. Yeah. And I think for the sake of the discussion and podcasting, we can talk about our theories, you know, as long as we're not like, you know, in my way or the highway, you know what yeah. I mean? So, uh, but, you know, going into that second episode, I definitely started to see the cracks in the TVA and you start to see, um, wow, Loki has, like he is bringing something to the table here. He's the one who figured out the, the apocalypse loophole and i think that's definitely something that it's interesting especially when you follow through to what happened in the fourth episode like there's something that caused a nexus event even if they weren't saved by the tva it was still gonna make an impact so even so even though his theory was no matter what apocalypse i go to nothing's going to change that something about their connection on Lamentus One is not the same as every other apocalypse. So it's it's interesting. Um, anyway, so so with the second episode, uh, I think the thing I really dig about the show is at the end of each episode, we are not in the same place we started. It is definitely propelling forward, and I know we're only going to get about six of these episodes, but it does feel like the stakes are slowly, like steadily increasing, and we're kind of uh, you know the end of episode three was you know end of the world type stuff and now we're even more so what the hell is going to happen with 
with all this stuff. So um, I liked a lot of the stuff with the TVA with Mobius. I thought as much as I loved Lamentus one and that whole episode between the two Lokis, the one thing that was missing was was Owen Wilson in episode three. So all around, I think we all agree he's like one of the yeah. best parts of the show, and he's making a great return. And you know, now the thing was when that happens, and he gets, you know, he vanishes, he gets erased. It's like boom, he's erased. You you have to wonder like, is that really it for Mobius? Because if we see what happened in the teaser in the mid credit scene, mm-hmm. we don't know. Like I'm assuming we haven't seen the last of Mobius. Same. Right, because uh, but but I don't know. So we're kind of heading into like episode two, episode three territory. I want to kind of get your thoughts on, on those ones before we talk about episode four. Yeah. So my my original theories about how TVA was going to be the thing that was the, the the bad the villain or the bad guy, I think are kind of right. But I think I was wrong the way uh, when I said that you know he they would take on TVA that would lead to the multiverses. I guess we know now there are multiverses that exist. Um, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around the whole, the one timeline, uh, how many multiverses are there? But like, to me, one timeline means one universe. Um, so I, I don't know if they're going to explain that. And, and, and the whole logic behind the, the one timeline and everything didn't seem to jive with what, what our thoughts were, how time travel worked and how multiverses worked coming out of Endgame, right? So um maybe they are going to explain that properly or wrap it all up for someone like me who's really like digging into that looking into thinking how does this all make sense yeah i really want i really want it to all make sense i don't want this to be anything like any plot holes or any loopholes for fans to kind of like dig on i think we have enough goodwill with feige to know that some whether we like the explanation or not it will get explained yeah Uh, but i i do think that my if my wildest theory were to happen it's definitely a cool way, and I'll I'll tease ahead to that because I'm going to mention where I think they could make it work with the way they've set it up, even in Endgame and now in Loki. Nice, uh, but uh, yeah. So yeah, so actually, I, just, I was probably. Oh, go on, go on. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, I was I was uh, wondering if it was going to be like Monster of the Week type stuff. It seems more like procedural, or at least in the mm. first two episodes, it was like a procedural, like you know, detective type show, and then we kind of had this. Uh, People calling it maybe filler or bottle episode. I, f- I felt it was just kind of like its own standalone uh, experience with the two Lokis kind of figuring out one another on Lamentus One, and then now we're back into kind of we're we're circling back to this idea of the TVA's involvement. But then clearly by the end of Episode Four, we know that uh, it's all a facade. We're we're looking at like a Wizard of Oz type scenario. Right. Know, so. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So yeah, it was probably the coldest on the first episode of the three of us after we watched it. Like, I know Dave says he loves the whole TVA and now they're like this bureaucrat organization from the fifties, but that's actually kind of, I don't know, like unoriginal to me. Like I've seen that before in a bunch of things. So uh, I wasn't too, not too impressed, but just, I've seen that before. And then um, the whole, them having the one timeline, I was kind of like, eh, I don't really like that. But uh now that I see that it's kind of like, you know, that's not really the truth, I don't think. I think there's more to it. I think it's going to be explained. It's going to fit into the way we think, the, the way the MCU was explained, and it's going to make sense. Yeah. You said we trust Feige. So, yeah, I'm in, I'm in for it. I'm enjoying the ride. Uh, I'm really liking it. I'm really liking how, like you said, the uh, the status quo has changed for every episode. And and, and then I really love uh, Lady Loki. Uh, Sophie, I think her name is. Or Sylvie. Sylvie. Yeah. Yeah, Sylvie. She's good. And I, lo- I like how they've, uh, so it's a character in the comics called the Enchantress. Yeah. Who's, who's a bad guy 
uh, like like teams up with Loki a lot as a bad guy in Asgard. Yeah, and one of and the they've combined iterations of her was a creation or a part of, like Loki had a shared uh, history with her. So yeah, so they have uh, combined and Lady Loki's also a character from the comics. So they've like combined yeah. the two characters in the MCU. So she is the Enchantress, uh, but she's also Lady Loki. So I think that's yeah. cool. I think that's a, a cool spin on it. Spoiler um, for Rich, but that last shot is essentially they're paying homage to the different popular versions of Loki yes. throughout the comics. Yes, throughout the comics. And, and so we, we have an MCU version of each one of those characters. Yeah, and so that's that last shot was where I'm really like, okay, now it's TVA is all a facade. There are many multiverses. Um, like the one timeline thing, uh, I just I, I, I'm, w- I'm waiting to see now what what how what's what the explanation is going to yeah. be, and I think it's going to be. I hope it's interesting. Um, I'm really liking the acting and the, and the graphics and everything. So yeah, I'm yeah. for it, man. I like it. It's it's. I'm gonna have to wait till the ending to see where it fits in my ratings. But um, it is climbing though. It's steadily. It's climbing. climbing. Yeah, it could have a really really good finale, and I'm waiting for. Um, man, just seeing the Loki in the comic accurate costume at Richard E. Yeah. Grant. That yeah. for me is like, put this show, like to put this show and on the top. Like I, he's going to be in the next forgotten. episode. Like I heard like this, I'd almost forgotten. Like I heard a rumor that Richard E. Grant was in that, but I never once thought like, Oh, how's he going to factor it? Then you just see him pop up and you're like, Oh my God. It looks so ridiculous. You understand why they kind of adjust the costumes a yeah. little bit, but the fact that we get it, but uh, of the awesome variants and versions of Loki that I'm familiar with from the comics, he would be the one, I believe that they would refer to as King Loki, the one that actually becomes King of Asgard. Right. I think. So, yeah. Um, so I, I want to say for my theories, I think, I still think, I don't know who is pulling this, who's pulling the strings of TVA. I, I, I had someone on Twitter say uh, Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, that's uh, kind of where I'm headed. And I'm wondering, wondering what his angle is, and I really have no idea. So I love that about the show. I love that in episode four, They've already sort of taken down the, the TVA and the timekeepers, and which is what I predicted was going to happen like to the end. And now I have two whole episodes coming up, whereas like I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm ready yeah. to be surprised. Like I like that about the show, so it's not as predictable as I as I thought it was going to be. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, so yeah. Rich, any any more any predictions on where you think it's going to go? Any more uh, thoughts? I think uh, Owen Wilson's not done. I think he's his character is going to pop back in. I think he. Uh, it got uh, evaporated too quickly, and then uh, Loki, uh, male Loki at the end there, again same thing. He'll find his way somewhere else. He keeps saying like, "Yeah, we always lose, but we always come back somehow. Mm-hmm. Like it never dies." So I think that's going to play a part. And um, I think the uh, Sylvie there, she's going to do something with the uh, I don't know you want to call her the judge or whoever the case, who that the woman is. Um, right. Uh, find the truth behind who's pulling the strings right yeah exactly the wizard of oz is the perfect okay maybe it's her ravona that's her name ravona ravona yeah that's gonna play a piece too maybe they'll be able to reverse everything that just happened essentially and kind of go back um to us i think i think we're gonna end in a spot that's really really Uh, really established the fact that there's multiverses i think that's i still think that's where it's gonna end um yeah you know I, i said i said when the show started i kind of theorized based on the Miss Minutes clip that like there was many multiverses they fought it, it's been consolidated down to one one universe by the TVA I guess that's not true I guess there's still as multi many multiverses and they're just policing them all kind of at the same time yeah um, 
anyways, Ian, I want to hear your your theories. Yeah, I'm, I'm where the next two episodes are going to go? Because right or wrong, I think it's it's pretty wild, and if they go there, it's going to change the MCU for sure. Uh, but right before I do that, I will say that. Um, so okay, I'll, I'll just say it. So Kang the Conqueror. That's that's sort of the tease here, and the reason for that is Ravona. Ravona is a known lover of like they were partners in the comics. So it was Ravona and Kang. And now we have Kang the Conqueror, who, without really knowing too much, I never read that many Fantastic Four, but we know he's a Fantastic Four villain. We know we're going to be heading there. And I always thought it was an interesting choice. There's a rumor that Kang the Conqueror is chosen for the villain of Quantum Mania, which is Peyton Reed's uh, third film for Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I always thought, oh, isn't that a Fantastic Four villain? So it sounds like they're setting him up to be like an overarching villain in the mcu like the next thanos kind of and you would think it would be weird if he's for sure going to be the villain in quantum media that they would uh set him up in this series so maybe it's not going to be a full-on reveal but a tease at the end towards his involvement but either way i think he will be involved in this because it's too much like playing with time like it's Mm -hmm. if you're gonna have kang in in phase four and he's not having anything to do with the tva that's kind of weird right so, That's what he does in the comics, right? He's the villain that plays with the time and the time stream, and and it's it's a very like un unkept secret that um, Jonathan Majors, who is a really good actor, is playing Kang the Conqueror in the MCU, yeah. right? And 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 he's cast in the Ant Man movie, so yeah, yeah. Those and theories with are the whole uh, bureaucracy of the TVA, you know that they've been setting up Ravona to have clearly knowing more than what's going on you know that she's clearly uh letting like more than what she's letting on so she's gaslighting think, mobius for yeah, sure. yeah exactly and and that's a cool piece to it too that you know that mobius is really kind of he's just drinking the kool-aid like he's he's along like he's he's diving in and he's a part of this thing whether he but now he's now even though he has been reset or whatever you want to call it he's he's woke to the fact that it's it's all a sham and so with that, I think that what we're looking at, and this is where it kind of gets crazy with the timeline, but I think that if it is Kang, let's say Kang is the ultimate bad, whether or not it's he's revealed in the end of this series or it teases to being involved and then he's revealed later on, let's just say Kang's goal is to conquer the timeline, okay? So if, if, if he has found a, an alternate or parallel timeline to the MCU, or the MCU itself, in which he is the, the conqueror, the ultimate ruler of that timeline, then he's going to do everything in his power to protect that timeline. And I think that's where the TVA comes in. He's set up this elaborate sort of Wizard of Oz type scheme where, and Ravona is involved too, helping make sure that everyone is on board, but they're just capturing variants, wiping their memory, and then uh, making them play their part. You know, Loki uh, made the comment, I think it was in episode one, where he said, uh, you know, this is a circus and you clowns are playing your part to perfection, right? So I think definitely you see that the timekeepers are a facade. They're just like a- androids that are being told. So what every to do. variant is basically a threat to him as as conqueror, and he can see the whole timeline. He can see when someone is heading to a path that might challenge his dominance, yeah. and he just wipes them out, like when and, they were and, kids or when and, before. Yeah, they exactly. And to that point, like if 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 existence or reality is infinite and the multiverse is real maybe his scope he's just focused on the the stream that in which he's the king or the conqueror you know what i mean so so in that in that sense and if the mcu is parallel to that 
you know, we go from Endgame to an alternate 2012, and that's where Loki in that reality is affected by the TVA. And therefore, if it's a single time stream in that reality, maybe it's still running parallel with the MCU, but maybe there's more than what Kang can see uh, going on in the greater multiverse. Or it's like you said, where it's heading on one path and then now it's about to break off into a million pieces, which could very well be the case. Yeah. Like yeah. it, could it gets really complicated. That. It gets really complicated. It's hard to nail these sort of time travel multi-universe stories down and make them make sense to people. So if anyone can do it, it's Feige. But I will. I'm interested to see see what's going to happen. So they do it in the comics, is, right? So the, they could. the point is, if they, if they are doing a Kang the Conqueror arc and he's involved in the main MC timeline, then it's going to be him trying to conquer the timeline and maybe it was a multiverse at one point that he's now like kind of channeled into one like it like miss minute said like it was like running wild with six different it looked like each infinity stone had its own like multiverse and then he and then there was a huge multiversal war and now like it looks like maybe kang came out on top and he's been like trying to keep it together right because the then. fact that like multiverses by their nature are like infinite because like there's infinite yeah. decisions that any one person can make and they all would make multiple time streams and leads to new universes so maybe yeah. if he's if he's conquered maybe he's determined that there's like a fixed set of multiverses and he's keeping yeah. them all on one path and no more multiverses can exist besides like whatever it could be a million or it could be a really high number but however many there are he's keeping yeah. them all all on what track he's not like any more uh, branch off right so that could be it that, yeah. that would make sense and and you know mobius he talks about it it's not uh any one it's more like a faith thing like it's let's be honest the tva is a little bit of an allegory to religion right so it's it's like you're you're kind of uh you believe as much as you want about it and in terms of like how time and space work and then we don't know no one knows all the answers but the point is if someone like Kang or someone can see ahead and then they know everything that's going to happen, basically what it comes down to is human beings or like human beings expanding out to the rest of the universe are predictable, right? So history repeats itself. They like, if you're Loki, you're guaranteed to do certain things along your path. So it's, it's when it comes to things like, I thought it was an interesting choice for, it was actually Hulk in Endgame who smashed Tony and, the release the tesseract because he is one of the most unpredictable beings on in the universe right so it's it's actually like something where overall there's a trajectory but little kind of variant things can happen along the way and then there's someone like some greater power trying to keep that all together because they they have an agenda and in this case in my theory it would be kang who has an agenda to keep the timeline in which he is the conqueror intact cool. all right I, I i dig that i think that i think you've gone to something there um, all right, so I guess Dave's gone. Rich, any thoughts about this whole in-depth conversation we're having? Thing? No, Kang you know what? I, I think these uh, these series are they're pretty smart in the the way that they do this multiverse thing because really they've set themselves up to go on and on and on forever. Yes, essentially, they can right. make any which way you know thing they want. They can use any actor for any. You know, one uh, hero. And any actor that wants to come back. And that's right. Role is never because really it's a multiverse, yeah. so they, they've kind of set themselves up that way. And I just, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. That's um, but no, I think it's going to be. It's interesting because there's, there's no, you know, uh, finite way that this has to end or any of the the shows have to end because it could end anyway because 
it doesn't have to end there. You know, the show ends and all of a sudden there's, you know, for, and for instance, Loki too. And then it's something completely different, you know? Yeah. I'll say it gets, I'll say in the comics, it's like, I've seen it before in the comics and, and, and it could get really like really unruly and messy. If you get into the world where there's like multiple universes and it's, it's hard to make, make an argument that any one thing kind of matters because it's like, well, you know, Thanos, wins in one Thanos wins in 14 million universes and we we beat him in one like what are all those other 14 million universes with those millions of people and I think what they're going to do in the MCU if they're smart is like they'll introduce the multiverse and they'll have a few movies uh where Kang is the bad guy and they'll have the Doctor Strange and the Ant-Man movie maybe Fantastic Four where all the multiverses are clashing and they're coming in and out with one another and it's mad it's all this crazy multiverse of madness stuff but then they'll find a way to then streamline it and separate the universes again, where it's like they can no longer interact. And then you have the, the, like the straight line MCU. Um, and then you can just make things kind of like matter more. But then you can also jump into the other universes and do standalone movies, but they just don't interact with each other because it gets really crazy when you oh, have yeah, like sure. all these different versions of all the characters all the time yeah. so i think they'll do it for a few movies and then they'll like kind of like find a way where like all the universes are like separated you Something know what I mean? happens and now every universe is on their separate course yeah yeah they're separate own time yeah. with no one controlling it that's and, right and, yeah. yeah i could see them having like a sort of a big overarching event or like a crossover event like you see in the comics for each planned phase and this one just happens to be the one that deals with like time and multiverse and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah so cool. when we head into phase five, like you said, they're going to have a way to wrap it up like they did with mm-hmm. Endgame mm-hmm. and then move forward in a more grounded kind of state. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when like it was a great point Rich made because they are setting up these kind of replacements because no, no one actor is going to stay in the MCU forever. So when Tom Hiddleston retires, which probably pretty soon, you have Sofia DiMartino now could step in as a female Loki who's a great replacement you know so yeah and, and a, a good cool character in her own right too so mm-hmm. i mean that there's lots of exciting stuff with with what they're doing i think that loki is definitely it's i'm more excited even though i really liked falcon winter soldier i am more excited to see where this ends up because it's going to have more of a, an impact like i've said on yeah. the mcu and to that point you know you have wandavision clearly set up scarlet witch's character for her involvement in multiverse of madness and then you have uh michael waldron who's the head writer on loki who's uh writing uh doctor strange in the multiverse of madness so you just have a lot of these pieces coming together you're gonna have scarlet witch doing her crazy stuff now you have like doctor strange and then like whatever is happening with the timeline here is breaking the multiverse wide open it's gonna be crazy yeah and spider-man coming out in december we can't forget about that no way home Oh, and that's going to touch on the multiverse too. All right. So I think we went really, really far in depth. Um, that, was, that was awesome. I, I, I'm going to look forward to, uh, you know, circling back with you guys. No, circle, just, I'm just looking forward to circling back after Loki's done. Because I think you're right. I think the potential of the series makes it possibly, uh, could possibly be the best one. And it's exciting, actually. It's cl- I'm glad we did it after this fourth episode. And yeah, and I'm going to try over the next two weeks to read through Agent of Asgard, which is a Loki storyline, because it's not like it... I don't think they ever go one-to-one with these comic stories. They they no. stick with what they've established in the MCU, mm-hmm. but what you can have is like these cool moments that kind of mimic what happens in the comics. Yeah, um, And that, that's the best part. Sweet. All right, man. So uh, Ian and Rich, thanks for joining us uh, this week. Dave's not here, so I'll, I'll wrap things up. And you can find us 
on a social media at day back in the podcast is called back in my day find it on any podcast uh, app you choose rank review subscribe it all helps and uh thanks a lot see you next week get vaccinated excelsior <laughs> how do we single yeah. dave to come back and end this uh here with this the menu <laughs> he's watching he's just watching us there you go. The, the whole time. Yeah, how about the sun went down while we were podcast yeah um, you you got dark hey question but, guys uh, at the very yeah. end of the show are, are these all lokis and then there's the thor there the black thor no that's, so a, Lo- that's oh. a black loki that's a black oh, loki. with the yeah. hammer but okay. like but like it's a variant where he was the one who was like Thor. Oh, okay. And what about this one who's a fucking old man? That's where. That's Richard E. Grant. That's Richard E. Grant, and he's like old King Loki. Okay. That's what Loki looks like in like the original comics. Right? Oh, like, okay, goofy, okay. yellow, curly. Right. Yeah. So, so Sam was like, "Oh, like what's with this goofy comic?" Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, do you a remember Division when they were, had the Halloween episode? Like that was the same thing. It was like, oh, showing okay. the so it's almost most like ridiculous version of their comic." Because yeah. if you look at them, really, without the cape, the golden cape, and the golden underwear, and the little bit of the golden part on, like the the front part, he looks like fucking Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog has that exact. Uh, like <laughs> necklace thing that like that little spiky ring around his neck, and he's all covered in green. That's Kermit the Frog. So funny. <laughs> look at it. Look um, up Kermit the Frog. You'll see what I'm talking about. I'm gonna look at the picture right now. All right, so uh, that was good, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. I, I was like, you know, I've, I've been dying it. to talk about like episode two, three, four, <laughs> but then like all I wanted to like all I had in my head was like a crazy Kang theory. <laughs> I was like, I can't talk about anything else. I, I think it, I think that um, that's out there, and I think it's kind of right, but I think it makes sense. I think it has to be Kang. I don't know. Maybe it could be that Immortes guy. That's the only other thing I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, the thing about King, like, you know, it, it goes back to where, like, he was, like, King Tut in the past because he can travel the timeline so he can conquer oh, okay. at various points in time, right? So, I mean, like, I think he's trying to preserve the one where he, at the end of it all, he's the, the big, you know, the big bad. I'll message Dave. I don't know. I hope, like, does he have to come back? How does he preserve the recording? Preserve uh, the sacred timeline. Preserve <laughs> the sacred recording. The sacred uh, podcast recording. <laughs>